Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, this is Benjamin Boyce, and welcome to my channel. Uh, hopefully, this is your time sink of choice, and that you have other time sinks available to you. As for me, I have this uh, very complex 4D strategy game called Stellaris, where I am one entity among several that are warring for dominance over a galaxy system with lots of menus, a whole lot of menus. But I also have product for you. Like I said, I'm trying to just jam the internet with things that that cause people to just chill out in a room and consider deep their thoughts before they go back into the world and start dusting things up like we've been doing uh, more or less unconsciously for the last few decades. But now it's time to consider and have some deep thoughts. Today's guest is Lee, and Lee is a female to male to female detransitioned woman, and she transitioned a little bit late. She's not an ROGD, rapid onset gender dysphoria kid or young woman. She's got her own story to tell, and uh, she doesn't really have any access to grind. She's just telling her story. She's been telling her story since she decided to go off testosterone about four or six months ago, and uh, she's got a really chill demeanor and a very wise person. A lot of these uh, a lot of these people I run into in this subset, these, these females that I run into are incredibly wise beyond their years in the way that they approach problems and see the world, and uh, that's, I guess, hopefully that's something that gets conveyed to you, the audience, uh, getting to know these people that I've been getting to know. So anyways, I hope that you have a perch to perch on or a video game to video game or a good novel or a couple more of these podcasts. And uh, I'll let you guys go and let's get to it. This is Lee. What's new with you? How you been? What's, what's new? Yeah, what's new? Oh, that's a weird question. What is new? Uh, I don't know. My, my body is like falling apart. Why? What happened? I have some sort of major joint pain, like my weight, legs are swelling. I can barely walk. No. Yeah. Do you have Lyme's disease? Oh, is that one possible? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Didn't Bieber have that? We yeah, should rename probably. it Bieber's disease. Yes, I agree completely. What's new with you, though? Um, Not much. I'm actually... So I am in school full-time, and I work full-time. So I am pretty busy. But this is really um this is something that i was looking forward to because i admire your stuff so much it's really good that's great to hear yeah you're doing really good work how long really have important. you been doing the youtube not very long maybe like five months or okay. so yeah yeah maybe five or six months um i started when i got off of testosterone oh okay yeah as kind so. of um a way to document that or yeah yeah it was definitely it was a way to sort of like figure out what my detransition would look like and um share my story because a lot of people i think are like so i i definitely believe that trans people are real and that trans people exist but i yeah. do think that a lot of the people nowadays who are identifying as trans are not actually trans um, I think that there's other stuff that's going on and I'm worried that we'll see a lot of detransitioners in the future. Mm -hmm. So I am sort of sharing my story with the hopes that if there are more detransitioners, they have resources mm -hmm. and can sort of see what, you know, I have to say. I'm a little older than some of the people that you've interviewed. Um, okay. I am 30. Oh, but okay. Yeah, you're so aging like of, me. Yes, very young. You're very young and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely. Like people think that I'm a pediatric transitioner just because I look pretty young, uh, but I didn't transition until I was 24, and 24. I was on testosterone. Yes, for six years, and I okay. just recently got off um, at age 30. Your channel is probably covering this, but would you like to to tell your story, like? what led up to the transition and uh... sure yeah and so okay um i do not 
I don't know. It's a little bit hard to explain. I don't think that I'm quite the same as many detransitioners because I didn't experience rapid onset gender dysphoria. Um, I had actually experienced gender dysphoria, what I believe is true gender dysphoria, since the time I was very young. And I thought that I was supposed to have been born a man. I hated my female body. I, you know, definitely all of the signs and symptoms like of a gender non-conforming female, like I didn't want to wear dresses. I wanted, I thought I was one of the boys. I thought that, you know, like, I guess I, I thought that I was like, I should have had male genitalia and, you know, like, but are, are also, you talking like two, three, three, four, four, yeah, five? Yeah, very young, very okay. young, like yeah. three and four years old. Okay. I thought that I was a boy and I told my parents that I was a boy and mm. they were like, uh, no, you're not. You're like, you know, you're just female. Mm. Um, but that feeling possibly was brought on by trauma because I have a pretty rich trauma history. Mm. And so I don't know for a fact if it was like, I think it was true gender dysphoria, but a lot of people have told me that, no, it's not, because I didn't, you know, because it was possibly a result of the trauma. Um, and so, like, it's definitely... That, could you just <laughs> describe the feeling of carrying that with you while you're growing up? Is Was it, like, a constant, like, revulsion or, or pressure or, or weight? <laughs> Sort of, it was like this really weird sadness, like a sense of loss. Like I was supposed to be male. I was supposed to be a man. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't explain it to anybody else. It just, it felt like this thing that had always been there had always been true. And I was supposed to have been born a man. And um, I hated puberty. It was so painful. Um, I felt like going through puberty was the worst thing because I, I was developing breasts and I wasn't supposed to have breasts. I got my period and I wasn't supposed to get my period. Okay. Um, you know, and like, so for all intents and purposes, my story is so similar to the people who are actually trans that I don't know how to differentiate between like what I experienced and what they experienced, you know? Mm -hmm. So then why did you wait so long or what, what changed when you were 24 that allowed you to begin transition? Well, here, here's where it sort of, you know, begins to break down a little bit. I had an abusive relationship with a therapist and, um, he was actually trans too. He was FTM and he, like, I was seeing, you know, somebody was like, I, I told them, I believe, you know, like, I really like the aesthetic of a young boy. I really want to look like a young boy. And um, she was like, well, are you sure you're not trans? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I never, I mean, I'd sort of considered it in the sense that I learned that trans was a thing when I was 16, but I didn't necessarily think about transitioning until this therapist said that. And, um, not like I was seeing two therapists. The one that was abusive was for group. And the one who told me that I was trans was for individual. And um, he, when I told him that I thought, you know, that this woman thinks that I'm trans, he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you absolutely are. Um, and because we were engaged in this relationship, and it was, in fact, a sexual relationship. And it, um, wait, therapeutic and sexual and then romantic? Yes. Like all these yes. things? Okay. Yes, it was really messed up. Um, and, you know, like, it really messed my head around. And to have him say, yeah, you're definitely trans, um, it sort of, it became an option to transition when it never had before. Because, you know, like, I saw this, this, FTM guy who was like, you know, in my mind, he was like smart and talented and he had his life together. I mean, this was before all of the like abusive stuff started, but like, I, I thought here's an example of an adult successful trans guy, you know, and I was just like, well, maybe maybe I can be an adult successful trans guy too. Um, and I thought that all of my years of thinking that I was supposed to be a man meant that I was trans 
when it's possible, and I don't know, like it's possible that I was just supposed to be a gender non-conforming female, mm -hmm. you know, and that looking like a young guy, which is what I wanted and which is what I've managed to achieve, which I'm really happy about. I think that that was sort of what I was supposed to be, but it got all confused yeah. with these, these feelings of trauma and then somebody saying, well, I think you're trans. And at the time I was actually, so I have bipolar disorder and at the time I was manic. And so when she said that, it was like even more, it just, you know, hit me in a certain way, you know? And I was just like, oh my gosh, maybe she's right. You know, but I had, I, I guess I'd never thought of transitioning until then. And then suddenly it was all I could think about because I was like, this is the answer. This is why I thought that I was supposed to be a man my whole life. Because I've spoken with other people who have experienced that, like, this is the answer. Why yeah. did you not feel that when you were 16? Good question. I think I did, but I started identifying as genderqueer. And this was back before genderqueer was really a thing. I had just heard about it in like a gender studies class or whatever, okay. women in gender studies. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what I am. And so I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm, you know, non-binary or genderqueer or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, yeah, maybe that's it. Um, but then I didn't, I didn't really... Like, and here's one of those things, people often ask me, like, how can I tell if I'm really trans or if I'm going to detransition because I don't, you know, want to get into a place where I regret it. Um, and I always say, like, well, there were lots of red flags that I just didn't notice. And one of them was that sort of that genderqueer identity. Like, it's funny that I swung so far to the other side and said, I'm a man, when I've always felt sort of like I'm in, in between. And I don't think that I'm non-binary. I don't necessarily see myself as non-binary, but I do see myself as something in the middle. And I think that it was wrong of me to go so far in the other direction. Hmm. Do you think that it's really, is it easier to go in the other direction? Or before that point where you s decided to transition, were you able to regulate being in this, uh, this queer area, this, um, this between area? It, does it yeah. lack stability, you think? Does it, it open does. up to creativity? Or? For me, it lacked stability. Okay. I think for some people, it's absolutely like the right place for them that they think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely something in the middle. Um, and I want to express myself as something in the middle. But for me, it felt like my identity wasn't stable. You know, like a lot of trans people who are like really trans will say that they know that they're a man or a woman or even, you know, non-binary, like they know what they are. I've never felt like a man or a woman. I don't know what that means to feel like a man or a woman. Okay. I know that I'm biologically female, but I don't know what, like, what does a woman feel like? You know, what does a man feel like? But I believe the people who say they absolutely know that. You know, I'm not saying they're liars. It's just that it's not something I've ever experienced. Like, how do you know you're a man, for instance? Well, is it about how people treat you as a man or treat you as a woman? Is that fact? How did that factor into it for you? For sure. I felt like a lot of men, men were particularly, they did not treat me very well. Um, and so I think some of my transition was also, especially coming out of an abusive relationship, um, trying to get away from the way men sexualize women. Okay. Um, and I, you know, that's another thing I tell people, like, if you're not sure, look at how your attitude is towards your body when somebody else is objectifying you, you know? Okay. Um, could, yeah. could you describe the difference between being desired and being objectified? Are they the same thing? I, I don't know. It's kind of fun being objectified sometimes. Like I, that, that makes me sound terrible. Like I well, no, don't I mean, you want to be on YouTube if you didn't want. That yeah. Right. Problem. That's how I feel. Like I'm a little bit narcissistic. Like let's, let's be honest. Um, but so like, I think it can be, it depends on how they do it. Like 
I think most people read me as a gay guy, so it means that I am being objectified in a way that's different from how I was objectified as a woman. Um, being objectified as a woman felt unsafe at times, okay. and it felt like sort of like my the power differential was too strong, and my power was being taken away. Whereas now, when guys objectify me, it's you know it's almost like even though I'm not a man, they think I'm a man, and so we're on the same level. Okay. And it's then it is sort of fun, even though I'm not really all that interested in men. It, it can be kind of fun to have somebody be like, you know, call you cutie, call you baby, call you all those things. It's kind of like, yeah. all right, cool. I've, I've, I've spoken with I, and I believe it was GNC centric, but I've read other accounts of females um, idolizing the gay relationship because there's a component of equality. Yes. There. That is fascinating. Actually, somebody asked me, like, do you know autogynephilia and autoandrophilia? Um, so some people say that autoandrophilia can't exist because, you know, like women are oppressed in such a way. Um, but I actually do think that a lot of the people who identify as gay trans men are they have a sort of element. I'm not saying that they're autoandrophilic necessarily, mm. but they've got an element of being sort of obsessed with or, you know, aroused by the idea of two men together and being one of those men because they're attracted to men and the power differential is different, like you just said. And so it's safer for them to love men as a gay man than it is for them to love men as a woman, as a straight woman. Hmm. And so I think that there is something to that. And I'm not saying that all gay FTMs are like that. Of course not. But there, for some, I think there is an element of the autoandrophilia. I think hmm. that that's, you know, something worth exploring. And I might offend some people who are watching this by saying yeah, that. Yeah, well, I guess we could, we could probably say, if you're listening to this, please let us just explore these ideas. Yes, We're not going to put exactly. you in a box if, if you feel yeah. like we are. We, we don't mean that. But no, um, no. I do want to address something that's uh, that's been bothering me about past interviews where in the comments I get, you know, people are like, why are you asking these these people about their desire? Why are you asking women about their desire? And, and it comes down to when I ask uh, my interview subject who's detransitioned about yeah. desires, because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what uh, uh, the difference between an autogynephile, which is uh, a man who uh, loves or is aroused with the thought of of him being a woman, which is this yeah. inversion of de desire. And so I'm trying to figure out how how desire interacts with the female. And there's some, there's a pattern, um, and I, I'm wondering what you think about this, with, with how you described the, the gay relationship. It mm -hmm. seems like in, in the autogynophile, it's like, I, I love myself as a woman. It, it, there's something about the, there's an erotic charge in a communal, or, or in a more, it's more relational between two people rather than me and myself. So anyways, I don't know yeah. where I'm going. No, that, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I personally, I don't know what being an autogynophile must feel like um, because even you know, like I've never been aroused um, a, by the idea of myself as a woman, um, especially not when I was living and passing as female. Um, and the opposite uh, of arousal, were you disgusted by? Yes, yes, so absolutely. That was, that, and that was a big factor. Mm -hmm. okay. That's yeah. another reason why I thought that I was trans. And, you know, at times I still go back and forth and I'm like, well, maybe I am actually trans. Um, because, you know, like, for example, I talked about this in one of my videos. So, you know, I'm married to a woman, to a cis woman. And um, I had been thinking, because I've had a double mastectomy, and I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have breasts, you know, because I'm not feeling deep regret for not having breasts anymore. I, I actually pretty much like how I look. I like how I sound. I like my body the way it is. But, um, like, I thought just, you know, just for kicks, I tried on one of her bras, and looking at myself in the mirror disgusted me. It looked so wrong. For me to have breasts and maybe it's because like her breasts are a little bigger than mine and so like seeing the bra like seeing that size on me was disgusting i don't know but, but, it, but, you know, but like, it wasn't just like 
weird. It was actually, you had a physical visceral reaction where I was like, this is disgusting. Like I'm not supposed to look like this. And I love breasts. Don't get me wrong. Huge fan of breasts. Breasts are great. Um, but I just like, I looked at myself and I was just like, this is terrible. Like, I don't want this. Okay. Um, and definitely like now I'm comfortable with my, you know, like, let me know if I'm getting into stuff that's too detailed. Um, I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to this stuff. Um, but like, you know, my female genitalia, like always disgusted me. Now I'm in a place where it doesn't, I'm actually very comfortable with it now. Um, it's like that dysphoria just disappeared, Hmm. but, um, and I don't know that just sort of started happening like six months ago. I just sort of started not hating myself anymore. Um, was that before but or after you detransitioned? Uh, got, got off of t- testosterone? Um, it was actually probably um, after. I think I sort of started thinking to myself, I don't want to be on T anymore. And this feels a little bit like I'm not, you know, like my body was too masculine. I saw myself in the mirror one day and I just like, you know, cause I had like a full beard. I had, you know, like I passed as male 100% of the time and my voice was actually lower than it is now. Um, and so I definitely like passed as male, but I looked at myself and I was like, this is further than I wanted to go. And that's, you know, I guess that sort of non-binary mindset where I don't identify as non-binary, but um, sort of wanting to be something in the middle is very natural to me because I saw myself as being too masculine and that was weird. It didn't disgust me like seeing myself with a bra on did, but it felt really weird. It felt like I wasn't supposed to be this manly guy, you know? Did it feel, um, if you allow this question, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, did it feel like you were dressing up? Did it feel like... Like there was a, could you describe a little bit the discordance between your yourself and your appearance and, and noticing that discordance? It just, it felt like I looked like a man and I didn't really want to look like a man. Okay. You know, like I've heard, you know, like I didn't want to look like a woman either but I just didn't feel like I was supposed to look this way, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does that fit into how you want other people to see you? Is there, Um, is there a tension there? And, and this is something that, that young people I hope will glean from older people is mm -hmm. that um, our obsession with how other people think of of us should decrease over time. If it's increasing over time, something's going wrong, but yes. So there's a natural maturation between how you want to be perceived and how, how you, how you want to perceive yourself that has probably changed over, over time. But, um, how does it factor in when you saw yourself as too, too much of a man as opposed to how other people were treating you, how other people were seeing you? Well, I think, um, I sort of suck at fulfilling gender roles, no matter what I do. I like just I'm so bad at it because, you know, like as as a woman, because people probably about 50 percent of the time see me as female. So as a woman, I'm already breaking the rules by being like masculine. Um, But then when they read me as a man, I'm breaking the rules because I'm like really an effeminate man. You know, I'm like really really feminine and you know like i talk with my hands and you know my voice is like high for guys i guess um low for a woman's but pretty high for a guy and so like i just you know i was constantly being seen as a failure of a man and that was weird for me too it was really weird to not be able to, I'm sorry, (laughs) to not be able to fulfill society's expectations of what, you know, like, for example, you know, like, um, I know how to change a tire. Of course, I know how to change a tire. Most people know how to change a tire, but you better believe I'm calling AAA. (laughs) I don't, 
no, I don't, I don't want to get messy. Like I don't, and that's another way in which like, I'm not like one of the butch women that, you know, so like there should be a role for me as a masculine female, as a butch woman, but I'm like okay. useless at carpentry. I'm useless. All the stereotypes of butch women, I don't fill any of them. So I can't yeah. even fill that role in society because okay. I'm useless. <laughs> well, okay. Well, but what about your stereotypical, totally stereotypical? I, I probably shouldn't even ask this let me completely i got in big trouble for being bad with the stereotypes but what about your emotional intelligence what about your communication like are you do you feel that you're pretty insightful intuitive and able to connect with people and really um Mm -hmm. i don't know how social you are or how good you are with people like there's all these other sets that kind of have are tinged with stereotypes but yes i just want to combat what you were saying about being useless i'm sure you're useless. no i'm not useless i that was yeah that was too harsh of me i'm not necessarily useless I'm good at people. Yeah. Like you're saying, I'm, I'm pretty good with people. I work in the mental health field. Um, I, I'm so sorry about this, this cat. Um, I, I work in the mental health field. I really, oh my gosh, she's flicking her tail. Um, so I'm good with people. And so it's, it's good. Like I am not completely useless at everything. 100% of the time I'm good at interacting with people. I'm good at helping people. I'm pretty nurturing, I would say. Um, and so there are some female stereotypes that I feel very well. And, um, I don't necessarily see that as a problem. It's just, I think, Oh, go ahead. Was transition then just a, a purely physical thing for you then? Yes. Yes. It was like, it wasn't like, you know, a lot of guys want to fill that role of a man in society. And I didn't really have any interest in that. I wanted to be the type of man who is sort of unusual. Like, you know, I I would always ask myself, what type of man do I want to be? I wanted to be caring. I wanted to be considerate. I wanted to take care of people. I wanted to be aware of my privileges and the way in which I interact in the world. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a better man than most of the men out there. And that was a huge (laughs) thing for me because, you know, when I was passing as male, I was constantly interacting with people, constantly interacting with people as a guy. And they, of course, didn't think, like, I'm small. I'm physically very small. Um, and so, obviously, I passed as, like, a, just a small dude. But um, they, I still passed as a dude. And yeah. so, they, like, they would say horrible things about women in front of me. Okay. Because they thought, you know, they were talking to one of the guys. They didn't think for a second that I was trans. And so um, I got to see some of the really ugly side of men. And, you know, I did what I could to call them out in the moment and to be a force for good. But like, there were times when maybe I didn't feel safe calling them out. There were times when I felt like, you know, I was too uncomfortable or unsafe in that moment to make a big deal, especially because physically, I'm just not big and so if it came to a fight i would absolutely lose um and so you know and i thought about that a lot as like well i'm a failure of a man Hmm. because i'm not strong and you know physically intimidating i can't win in an altercation um you know if i see somebody being harassed on the street like i can call 911 but i can't really get involved like a man should um And so, like, in my mind, there were all these ideas about what a man should be and that I wasn't living up to them. And so I liked the physical side of transition. I liked how I looked as a man, but I didn't, I constantly felt at odds with how I was supposed to act as a man. Mm -hmm. But it seems like you were pursuing the ideal of becoming a good person. Like, like virtue Mm -hmm. doesn't, we don't have to gender virtue. I mean, maybe there are masculine virtues uh, insofar as somebody has a lot of strength. You need to cultivate a certain sort of uh, harness of that strength, which would might have uh, masculine doodads attached to it. But it seems like what you were pursuing was you wanted to be a virtuous person. Person. Yes, I definitely did. 
and uh, it, it's really interesting what you're bringing up, how it, the transition um, helped you out with some things, but then gave you other problems with regards to societal expectations. Like you, you were no longer the target of desire, but at the same time, you you, you felt like you had to take up a, a, an opposite role. So Definitely. And, you know, it also, like women usually perceived me as a young gay guy. And so they didn't feel threatened by me, which is wonderful because I, the absolutely last thing I wanted to do was make women uncomfortable. Um, but like, neither did they see me as something to be desired. Um, and you know, that's fine because I was, um, I'm not sure I was married. I'm still married. Um, and I was married. We were dating right when I, decided to transition. So like, I've always been married throughout this, but, um, you know, we have an open relationship and I can be with other people. Uh, and so it was a little weird that there were women interested in me, but they were usually lesbians, um, who said like, well, like I see you as female, no matter what, sorry. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Um, but Certainly straight women weren't interested in me. There are a lot of trans guys who straight women are 100% into and like, they're like, yes, you're just like any other man, you know, but I was not one of those men because I was not particularly masculine. Mm -hmm. And so any straight woman wouldn't really want to be with me because it was like being with a gay guy, which did. Does it feel or did it feel like these uh, these gender binaries, these gender constructs in, in society, did you, did you have a negative relationship with them or just a problematic relationship with them? Uh, you know, did you want, do you want to smash the binary? Did you ever want to yeah. smash the binary? Or, or you, just, you just look at yourself and say, I just don't fit there. So. Yeah, I think it was more that I looked at myself and I didn't fit there because I... I don't like, I believe in biological reality. I believe in biological sex. Um, because you know, my, my thinking is trans people wouldn't exist without biological sex, biological sex matters. And I would call myself a trans medicalist, um, rather than, you know, I'm not gender critical, um, for the most part, I think I have some gender critical views, but, um, for the most part, I'm a trans medicalist and, you know, hugely supportive of trans people 100%. But, you know, like, I think you need dysphoria to be trans. I think you, you know, like there, there are sort of things that go along with that. Um, and so smashing the binary to me, the binary helps people. Like there are cues that transition gives off that helps trans people who just want to live their lives, it helps them pass and it helps them blend in society and be healthy and happy and successful. Like if we completely, like, I don't, I don't like gender. I don't love it. It's not my favorite thing, but at the same time, like, you know, it does help some people, you know, like it helps some people know where they belong and it helps some people be safe. Um, so I'm not sure that I would want to smash it entirely, but at the same time, I feel like I don't belong in gendered spaces. Like, um, hmm. I, you know, like the binary does get in the way sometimes because like, for example, by like, for the most part, I would say that I use the women's room and I don't get too many looks because I guess I look female enough that people are like, Oh, that's just a masculine woman. Um, but that being said, there are moments where people look at me and they're like doing a double take. They're like, why is she in here? You know? And, um, that's a problem with the binary that women can't look like me and still be safe in society, mm -hmm. you know, still belong in womanhood. And, um, I feel that way too. Like I used to go to the gym religiously. I haven't been to the gym in forever because where would I change? Where am I supposed to go? I'm, you know, I'm a woman and, you know, from the waist down, I look like a woman, but I don't have breasts. And, you know, plenty of women have had mastectomies for cancer reasons or for whatever reason. So I'm not saying they don't belong in the women's room, but I am saying that, you know, looking at me, I am absolutely something in the middle. My body is something in the middle and that can be really challenging for people. It can be really you know, painful for people to wrap their heads around. Yeah. But that's one, one area that I think a lot of work needs to happen 
And and one area that that would really benefit from us uh, de-radicalizing the conversation around trans issues is the yeah. is the bathroom issue, yes. because if if men didn't uh, if if it was safe for trans women to be in the men's bathroom, mm-hmm. um, then it would be less of a problem. Um, because I, I understand the argument that women don't want males in their spaces. I understand that. Right. I also understand yeah. the argument of or the experience of trans women getting mm-hmm. bullied for being in the male space because they're yes. not conforming to the male. You're you're bringing up. Uh, you know, you have social pressure. Uh, yeah. I'm sure the women won't beat you up. Maybe they'd gang up on you or anything like that. But um, you, you still have that pressure. So we still need to figure out how to uh, make it safe for these sex spaces yes. to at once be safe. Uh, but how, how do you be safe and not police it? So there's always going to be that antibody. There's always going to be that policing. There's always going to be that, do you belong here? Do you not belong here? Can I relax around you or not? So may, it might not even be you. It's just like yeah. a woman's carrying her own trauma, her own story. There. Exactly. Yes. And I don't blame women who are uncomfortable around me because I recognize that it doesn't necessarily have to do with me. But like I also agree, I think you should use... You know, a lot of people are like, no, biology is what matters. But I think you should use the bathroom where you're safest. But at the same time, like in in this world of self-ID, like there are people who I don't believe are trans women. They say they are, but I don't believe they are. So how do you differentiate like from a man who is infiltrating a female space to cause harm? Um, versus a trans woman who's just trying to live her life and go about her business and just pee. Like, everybody needs to pee. Um, And so I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I think that it is, it's challenging. It's really challenging. And I don't know how to get to a point where people are safe in gendered spaces because my experience is definitely not unique. And I think people are on high alert with me there um, particularly because of the trans bathroom issue and like not letting males in there. So if they think that I'm a young boy, they think that I'm like a, you know, like an 18, 19 year old boy, then they're going to be like, sir, you shouldn't be in here. Yeah. And I'll be like, shit, like, <laughs> you know, oh, sorry, was I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, that's Is fine. that that's okay? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably be demonetized no matter what. YouTube doesn't uh, like these yeah. conversations. No. <laughs> Whatever. No. I yeah. don't even put money. I don't even put ad revenue on my, my channel because I'm like, no one's going <laughs> to. They're not. They're going to demonetize me no matter what I do. <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's. um, yeah. It. it there. Unfortunately, and this is this is one of the reasons, one of the background reasons, one of my, uh, I guess, my MOs about this issue is that this is uh, this this discussion this topic is filled with real people trying to just genuinely get through life um yes and and it's very easy to exploit by bad actors like yes like yes. and that's that's always going to be a a very big problem uh and, and if you don't treat it like a problem it's going to become a problem because there's yes. always going to be people who are exploiting any system there's like mm-hmm. there's personality traits it, it's how human beings operate you know like we don't live in a hippy dippy l- glorious land where urine's just flowing out of every orifice <laughs> and it doesn't matter yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> going overboard but um, oh my god so uh, how do you think um what what's your conception of uh, I guess LGB versus LGBT? What what's your perspective on how trans rights could be uh, better spoken about from from the community? Are you, is that even a concern for you, or are you more uh, you know sitting in uh, just personal experience? This is what I went through. This is what I want to talk about me, and I don't know mm-hmm. anything about. That. I I try to be careful. Definitely. Um, I try to mostly speak about my experience and not spend too long talking about these issues, but they do come up. I, I do think that my channel is pretty political. Mostly I have a problem with children transitioning. Um, mm-hmm. I, that worries me tremendously. I think that, you know, like, and people have called me a turf for this. They've called me transphobic. Like I get it. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. 
you know, if, if a kid really is trans, then forcing them to go through the wrong puberty is cruel. But like so many, I've talked to so many people who never transitioned, who were extremely gender nonconforming as children and um, who like are so glad that nobody let them transition because they're, they're cis, they're comfortable in their bodies. They, you know, they've learned to love themselves exactly as they are as gender non-conforming people. And so like, and then you see this wave of detransitioners and most of them are pediatric transitioners who got on puberty blockers and then got on cross-sex hormones when they were like 16 or whatever. Some, you know, young females, FTMs are getting top surgery as young as 12, 13. That's scary to me because, you know, like I had no idea what I wanted when I was a kid. And I know, you know, I'm one person and that's my unique experience, but like how many kids out there are not actually trans? They're just like gay or they're just gender non-conforming, you know, individuals who will regret transitioning. And so, you know, like, I guess this is sort of off topic. I went on a tangent, but that's sort of my like long winded way of saying that, you know, I do have sort of hills that I will die on. Um, and one of them is like kids transitioning and, um, you know, so I do try to mostly talk about my experience, but there are things that I am very political about and I want everyone to be okay. That's what I want. I don't want to take away transition as an option for people because it saves lives, but it also harms people. And, you know, like, especially if we don't let kids go to war, we don't let them consent to sexual activity. We don't let them, you know, buy guns or cigarettes or alcohol. Why are we letting them permanently sterilize themselves? There was this post on uh, Reddit that I saw yesterday. It was pretty close to the front page, and it was a picture of uh, uh, a kid. Um, and with my my son just went on testosterone today, first shot, mm-hmm. and and the the entire subreddit um, was just cheering this person on, like, "Oh, great, you did it!" You know. And then the, the going through and reading the replies, it became more and more apparent that the that the mother has some really deep issues and and yes. I'm like and it's just it's just really it's it's really difficult to thread that and say I understand that as a community you guys want to support this and and that yeah. this is something that you guys are are supportive of each other because this is a place where you go to get support and to give support but there's a there's a line that that needs to be looked at or at least be aware of that it's not it's not always good to support every you know every situation and and having reservation is actually kind of important yes and i've talked to so many trans people who agree with me that some gatekeeping is a good thing you know like i so i don't regret a lot of the changes that my body underwent because you know like i want to be more masculine i want to exist in this space that is sort of gender neutral or whatever um as a gender non-conforming female but there are so many people i've talked to who do have deep painful regrets about the ways their bodies has changed and you know they they are miserable essentially and then you've got you know for me, it was easy to get on testosterone. I went to an informed consent clinic. I met with a doctor for about half an hour, and I met with a social worker for about half an hour. Um, they took some blood work. A nurse came in and showed me how to do my first shot. And then two weeks later, they called in the prescription for testosterone, and I was on testosterone. And that was me at 24, after years of thinking that I was trans, you know, thinking, or not thinking that I was trans, but identifying as male um, or thinking that I should have been a man, you know, like something that had started early in childhood. And so if somebody like me can detransition and think, wow, maybe that was a mistake, then thinking about the people, especially young people, yes, exactly, who are, you know, like 16 years old and like, yes, I'm ready. And then you hear stories sort of like the one you just mentioned. Like, what about that little boy whose father is um, was fighting for custody because the mother was saying that this this kid was trans mm-hmm. and the father was like no you know he's never said anything to this effect until the mother 
started saying these things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's scary to me. Yeah. I have you had um I guess because you are public, you probably get um, good and bad, or or, I mean, positive and negative feedback from various communities. What are some strategies? um, Because it's really difficult. Like, and this is this is a a fascinating part of this discussion because we're trying, like, somebody like you who doesn't you exist in the middle somewhere. You're not easy to classify. You you might not be fluid, but you're nonconforming, and and that Mm -hmm. has a whole range of uh, negotiation, an extra layer of negotiation that you have to perform and that you're foisting on other people around you. Um, You know, that's that's not most people's experience. So that, that there's that. But then when we go in and we say, this is a really complex issue with a lot of nuances and it becomes politicized and politicization always collapses things into black and white, or it it forces Mm -hmm. things into tribes. That's, that's how it, that's just how how it works. How do you, you rescue or how do you pre- prevent, how do you keep on injecting uh, kind of drag into the conversation so it doesn't sink into black and white thinking? So it's all, it's always open and it, people are flexible and don't get defensive or on, go on the offensive. That's actually really difficult for me because, you know, like, like I said, I've been called names um, for my beliefs, particularly about children transitioning. Um, Hmm. And a lot of people like don't like my content. And that's perfectly fine. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me for the most part. Like I've had some people leave some really rude, offensive things on my videos. um, And Hmm. For the most part, like I don't delete comments or anything. I just let them say whatever they're going to say because it doesn't really affect me. But I do think that, you know, I I walk sort of a line between being like too, I don't want to be too accepting of these things, but I also don't want to deny somebody treatment that could save their life. Um, You know, that's absolutely not what I want to do. Everybody should be able to do with their bodies what they want to do with their bodies. And so, like, where do I stand? You know, like, I... I have found that this is a really difficult position to take because most of my viewers are gender critical and they're very patient with me, but they, they argue with me and they're like, you know, this is not true. But then, you know, some of the radical trans activists come on there and they're like, you know, you're terrible, you're transphobic, you're a turf, you know, you're this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, I don't, you know, you're not like, you're not listening to me. I'm not saying that trans people are bad or wrong. I'm not saying that no one is trans. I'm not saying that no one should transition. Transition is a good thing for a lot of people. But um, I am saying let's maybe slow down, that there would be fewer detransitioners if we had more gatekeeping in place, you know? And that's legitimately what I consider it. I consider it gatekeeping, and we need more of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, I'm not saying that no one should transition. I'm just saying maybe you should wait until your brain stops developing, you know, or like, and so it is hard to keep things from devolving into black and white. But I would say, for the most part, you know, I I try to walk that line. Let's, I'm trying to figure out how do we, how do we land this plane? Yes. What's next on? So you're you're in college now. You're you're studying organizational research. Um, Well, I'm in uh, grad school. Actually, oh, you're in grad grad school. I'm I'm sorry, I don't mean to. No, you're fine. Like the the power of your brain, yes, and and the level of. It's very important to me because (laughs) I didn't think I would ever get to grad school. (laughs) Well, I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. And um, and and you started your YouTube channel six months ago and talking Mm -hmm. about this transition. You you said that you might go back on testosterone, but right now, how how do you feel? about I'm, who you are and how you're perceived and I'm very happy. Yeah. I you know like I have already become a lot more feminine um in the last 6 months and whereas before everyone 100% of the time saw me as male now I have a lot of people like probably 50% of the time people think that I'm a woman. Um and so that is a comfortable place for me. I don't know if I'll become more feminine or not. Um but I am very, pretty much very content with how I look. And, you know, I'm content with how I sound. I'm content with, like, basically 
who I am at this point in time. And so I'm not necessarily looking to make permanent changes to myself. Like I would never like, I don't, you know, plan on getting surgeries to reverse the surgeries that I've already had or anything. Um, I'm sort of like happy with where I ended up in this sort of gender neutral space. And you said that that your the way that you think has changed, the way that emotions mm-hmm. interact with you, or the way that you interact with emotions changed. Is it is it like returning to a different person? Is it like returning to a, a prior state? Do you do you feel? Yeah, does that, does that feel of. like an expansion, or do you feel like you're weighted down now with? emotions let's say no no um i mean sometimes yeah like sometimes but for the most part i sort of just feel like myself i sort of i'm you know i have rough days or whatever but for the most part i feel pretty comfortable with like how i ended up and you know like the emotional side of things it's interesting i i feel a lot more stable actually now than I did. Yeah. But that might just be age. It might just be that like I got older and so my brain is working yeah. better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or working, uh, to begin uh, working with. at least. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain point, at some point it'll, it's all downhill, but what's some not, of the topics yeah. that you're going to be tackling in the coming weeks and months? On your I'm not sure. Um, I sort of people request things and okay. I talk about that. Um, I recently made a video about non-binary that yeah. one of my viewers asked me about. Um, and I, I tend to also just provide updates of how I'm doing or like the way my body has changed mm-hmm. since being off of testosterone, um, stuff like that. I try not to get too, too political because I, you know, don't want to hurt or offend anybody and I don't want to cause distress to anybody. But I would say that, you know, there are some, some political videos too. Yeah. 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 For sure. And oh, one more question, one more question at a question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gone now. We should oh, let wow. your, your wife, perfect do what she wants to do yeah she wants to clean i should help her clean she's gonna do whatever she wants to do i should go clean too yeah you should clean clean your house (laughs) you'll feel better so much for joining me i had so much conversation yeah i'll link uh, your channel in the description and hopefully you'll get good attention from yeah i hope so so. yeah thank you so much this was great yeah have a good day you too bye bye Congratulations for reaching the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this product, consider donating to this channel via paypal.me slash Benjamin Boyce or joining me on Patreon. Also follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Have a good night.